0: It's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. You are looking live at West Palm Beach, Florida, courtesy of Weatherstam, where we are tracking Hurricane Nicole set to make landfall on the east coast of Florida later on this evening before impacting other portions of the southeast, including here in the Carolinas. I'm joined by Jared Smith in Charleston. We'll have Scotty Powell covering Western Fort North Carolina foothills and Charlotte with that Big Panthers game coming up in just a few minutes minutes let's start with what we can expect jared from nicole as we head on through the next really 48 to 36 hours by the time this makes landfall in florida impacts to nasa and artemis and then us here in the Carolinas. scrolling at the bottom of your screen for those of you watching us live right now on youtube and facebook a look at the latest advisories and warnings from the national weather service here at home including a storm surge watch and tropical storm warnings Do expect those to be updated as we go on through the hours ahead so if you're watching our replay check our website and our social media for the latest information but uh jared we're keeping a close eye on this storm which will be here in the carolinas with heavy rain and wind uh what can folks expect set us up
1: yeah so i mean there's it's gonna be I'll tell you. I tell you what you're not going to see, and it's not. It's not going to be Ian 2.0. I've had that as a um, as a concern there for a while now, and uh, we've gotten some questions about that, obviously, and being fresh in our minds down here. And you know, it's not going to be Ian 2.0, but it's going to come with its own set of problems. Uh, <laughs> I think is the is is the the way that I like to put that. Um, so, you know, a couple things. One, we've been in the wind. Field on this basically, the wind field windfield
0: with the storm is huge
1: yeah it's massive um, you know again it's it started as a um, you know it started as a subtropical storm yes and 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 what that does it, it's it's necessarily a broader wind field because it's a hybrid of the two it's a hybrid of that type yeah. core can I Can
0: I paint a picture for people who are listening to our audio podcast and not looking at the forecast cone from the National Hurricane Center that's on the screen right now? That orange field is the wind field. And right now, as we are live at 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the storm is still offshore of Miami, offshore of West Palm Beach over the Bahamas. That's where the center of this storm is. The wind field stretches all the way to Tampa, all the way to the Georgia-Florida line, all the way into Savannah. and frankly. It's where you are in Charleston, hundreds of miles away. We have tropical storm force winds.
1: Yep. Um, and again, you know, we're, and again, the observations are not showing tropical storm force winds. So that's, that's a good. good. It's a good, it's a good sign. But, <laughs> um, but that being said, I mean, we, I mean, we're doing, we've been doing 20 to 30 mile an hour wind gusts all day. Uh, we've yeah. had that high pressure to the north, the 1040 millibar height. This is, this is what's fun about November, right? You get those massive Canadian highs. Coming out of the north, very strong Canadian highs, and this is going to, you know, make it feel like fall here in a couple days. You get that massive Canadian, massive Canadian high pressing against that deepening low pressure with Nicole, and so, and 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 so as the song goes, and and stuck in the middle with you, and so we have, you know, northeasterly winds have been battering, you know, a lot of the coast here. I mean, we we've been battling, you know, we've been battling that for the last couple of days, and that and that's so good because I mean, it's already loading up the water. We've already had coastal flooding over the last couple of days here. Um, we're going to have a big coastal flood event tomorrow. It looks like, uh, and it doesn't look like we're going to get away with this one. Um, so I mean, so that's going to be something that we're going to have to watch. Yeah, um, we're
0: watching this College Charleston camera right now. Kind yeah, of bouncing around here Howard? a little bit, and mm-hmm. and those winds are going to take and amplify what you guys were already going to have. And this is not a Charleston exclusive problem. This is going to be up and down the coast for the Carolinas. But this is going to happen at high tide, right? So those winds are going to help push all of the water from the ocean on shore. Then we're going to have all the water that's falling from the sky. I mean, it's no secret. Charleston floods on a bad day, Charleston.
1: Uh, yeah if i if i spill a a bottle of water we're gonna have a road closed i mean that's to the general idea that's the general gist of this and and so again you know we're gonna already be dealing with and again you know 8.3 foot tide that's a major high tide um you know that's uh, that's gonna that you know that gets into you know the top 25 tides charleston harbor uh so you know so we're already dealing with uh, elevated water levels you know with that and then rain bands coming ashore and it looks like we're going to have some rain bands, you know, begin to move ashore around that time. Now the heaviest rain is going to be in the afternoon, but again, you know, I mean, you get that heavier rain in there, you know, on the heels of, you know, that flooding. I mean, we may be dealing with, you know, a situation where you know downtown Charleston is uh, difficult to navigate by something yeah. other than a boat.
0: Uh, We're looking at the HRR model run, which, again, we'll walk through for everybody in just a moment. You said a moment ago something, Jared, I think is important. You said that the flooding could be a top 25 flood event for Charleston. That's a significant number, but I feel like it's important to stress that's not a catastrophic number.
1: No, it's not, and it's something that we've done a whole lot of. I mean, we've been been rewriting the top of that record book uh, over the last 10 years in Charleston, just completely rewriting it. Um, it's nothing we can't handle here. I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, it, it, it it's nothing that, you know, we haven't seen before necessarily, but I mean, it's going to close a lot of roads. It's going to cause some yeah. problems. It's going to cause some travel issues. And this is going to happen at, during the morning commute, right at the height of the morning commute. So, uh, again, that, that's going to be, you know, something we got to watch.
0: I think that's where this storm is going to be most impactful, right? We, we yeah. haven't seen, correct me if I'm wrong, cause you're our guy at the coast, but we haven't seen any evacuations we haven't seen you know briefings from the governors but if we weren't sitting here right now talking about this and this came through late thursday night and friday you would have been like where did this come from because we're going to have a sustained period of on and off again gusty winds which could bring down some power lines and tree branches heavy rains which could cause flooding and that flooding threat is it's it's interesting there is a flooding threat all across the carolinas it's almost bookended geographically by the mountains on the west and the coast on the east. That's where the worst flooding potential could be. Let's walk people through what we're looking at right now on this latest high resolution refresh model run here. And I'm going to stop it because it's looping and folks who are listening on the audio podcast right now, I'm going to do my best to paint a picture for you. But right now, as we talked about at the top of the show, The storm has not yet made landfall. If you're listening to this podcast on your Thursday morning commute, the storm has made landfall in Florida, but as of right now, Wednesday night, it has not yet made landfall, but we're still getting those gusty winds reaching already to where Jared is in Charleston. The rain is going to go ahead and start pushing through couple cells on the coast. By the time we get into Thursday morning, that's when you're going to start to see the first of the showers move on through. And it kind of ramps up by the time we get to the home Panthers game which is it bank of America stadium on Thursday night, we're going to have periods of very heavy, windy rain, you know, wind gusts, 20, 25 miles an hour. Combine that with the, with the water. I don't think it's going to be super comfortable. If you're at
1: Bank of America, oh, those black helmets, they would look so good, too, without all that.
0: (laughs) And while that's happening in Charlotte, we still have some scattered storms across the area. Maybe things are still on the drier side in Raleigh. Like it hasn't quite reached that far yet. But, you know, as we're looking 24 hours out here on the model run, we can already see now heavier, moderate to heavy bands of, of rain coming into Beaufort, Savannah, Charleston. Even the Augusta area would be getting some of the outer bands of the storm as we roll on through. And then as we look ahead, this is really, Jared, I think we're going to kind of consider the first round one. We have a preamble, but Mm -hmm. the first round is going to be some sort of band that kind of stretches on through South Carolina and into North Carolina starting early Friday morning. like. 1, 2, 3 a.m., pushing then to the north. By the time we get here into Charlotte, it might be 6 o'clock in the morning in time for that morning commute, but it's going to kind of be arcing. It's almost going to be at the same time in Charleston, the way that band set up. At that point, the low could be somewhere. And again, these aren't specific places at specific times. but I'm just giving you the gist. But by the time we're now looking at Friday morning, that low is circulating somewhere over Georgia, right? So that puts us, Jared, on that northeast quadrant. Of the tropical system, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a tropical storm, whether it's a tropical depression, whether it's none of those, almost doesn't matter. And I don't want people to get caught up in that classification name. Scientists are going to be scientists and they're going to argue on whether or not Sandy was a hurricane or a superstorm. But one way or the other, we've got a low that's associated with the storm. That is coming through, and the Carolinas, much of the Carolinas are going to be on that dirty side, of the Northeast Quadrant. And that's where we're going to have that tornado risk as we go through the overnight hours from late Thursday into Friday. And that's going to move on through. And then so we still have on and off rain. We almost have a we almost have a break in the action by the time you maybe get to work, 9 a.m. on Friday, right? And then there's probably going to be around two. That's associated with this, uh, as the actual area of circulation comes rolling on through by the time the circulation is North of you, the back left side might be relatively calm and dry. Those timings will change based on new weather data. Those timings will change based on your locations, um, depending on where you are, but the, the gist is going to be on and off showers and at least one or two good kind of punches from these bands that roll on through. That was a, um filibuster, I think, from me, uh, Jared. So do, do you want to add anything to that?
1: I think the thing that I would add is that uh, if we're taking a look, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at this again. Um, I, I want to call out, uh, and I know that uh, when Scotty joins us uh, mm-hmm. in a little bit, um, we'll call that out, but there is going to be a, a, a significant flooding event all along the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. Uh, a lot of up, upslope flow. Uh, a lot of moisture pumping in. There's going to be a major flooding event up and down the eastern, you know, the, the east side of the country. Um, and, and and I know Scotty's going to get into uh, more of that. And we do have a couple of questions around uh, like Greenville, North Carolina, places like that, and we'll get to those as well. But um, but again, the uh, you know the the Weather Prediction Center flash flood risk here. Uh, this is the, uh, the excessive rainfall outlook here. Yeah. You can kind of a composite of those, and you can see. I mean, we're talking places like you know Pittsburgh. We're talking, you know, near Cleveland, Buffalo, Syracuse. We're not, we're not talking about typical, you know, I mean, it, it, by that point, Nicole will probably be absorbed into that trough that's going to take it and whisk it away. So, again, just a lot of tropical moisture being transported north here. And I think the other thing that I wanted to call out too, James, is that, you know, if we go back to the high-res rapid refresh sure. for a second, mm-hmm. that, that um, those bands that come in and you can see kind of that like the cellular structure with those, I mean, those, those could tend to repeat on you. We could see a lot of training rain training. with that. That's where, uh, that's where we could see a flood risk. Um You know, the good news is, is that a lot of us has been, have been, you know, fairly dry, especially on this side of the, you know, on this side of the Carolinas uh, since Ian. Uh, so we should be able to take, you know, at least a decent soaking before things get too bad from a, f- a freshwater flooding standpoint, not expecting any river flooding here or anything like that. Um, but the other thing is the cellular nature of those. And again, that's where within those rain bands we're going to see the highest risk for tropical tornadoes. And that's going to, you know, uh, you know, come up with the yeah. coast. And, and I can't stress this enough folks is that you got to have two ways to receive a warning. You need a way that is preferably not a smartphone. Um, and, 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 and you got to have it to where it can wake you up. It's going to be one of those nights, unfortunately, especially down here in Charleston. And uh, in the Eastern Carolinas, we uh, get in North Carolina. Yeah, there's it. Is, there it is right there. Uh, you know, James portable, holding
0: up his his go to prop a weather radio.
1: It's portable. Uh, these commitment. are great.
0: Yep. They're like alarm clocks, but for tornado warnings. And you can program mm-hmm. them for your county. And if you're living along the coast where you're living in the mountains, I would also program it for flash flood warnings because you have a choice on a lot of these makes and models to set up which bulletins from the weather service. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend doing all everything. Because you're just going to want to chuck it out the window then. But we want to know about the life-threatening things in this situation. That's going to be the tornado warnings mm-hmm. and the flash flood warnings.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think also what I'll say is, you know, keep your phones charged and keep them on. You know, I know it's tempting to go into sleep mode. Um, turn that off tomorrow night. Probably a good idea. Um, so you can hear that. uh you know that that horrible noise that it makes, but it yeah. makes that horrible noise for a reason. And and, I, and I'll tell you, I mean, just speaking from experience, that horrible noise has woken me to a tornado warning where I needed to get into shelter. It works; wireless emergency alerts work, but have two ways to get them.
0: I had I had a driving experience where I was driving, and the weather radio that I have in my car, as you know, went off, and I was just being oblivious, trying to get to work, running late. Not realizing I was driving towards a polygon. So they are they are super helpful. Uh, here's another live look right now at the situation in West Palm Beach, Florida, courtesy of WeatherStem, where the storm is set to make landfall slightly after midnight uh, Thursday time. So if you're joining us on our live broadcast, it's a mere couple hours from now. And uh, we have lots of good questions coming in for those of you watching live with us. We appreciate that. And um, couple, a couple of points I, I thought was really interesting, something you hit upon a minute ago, Jared. You talked about upslope flow, and I feel like those one of those words that we use a lot, but we might not always explain. And it's almost similar to the situation that could be playing out along the coast, but with different terrain, right? So if I go back to the graphic of the flood threat, we have enhanced flood threat in both the mountains and the water. And as we talked about earlier, the coast, Savannah, Charleston, those places, the wind's going to push the water onshore. Up slope flooding, up slope winds in the mountains is the mountain equivalent of the winds blowing the rain up the hill, blowing up the ingredients for the storm up the hill. And it's the good old saying, what goes up must come down." down. And so... It's very different terrain, but the same phenomenon is happening where we are pushing water in a particular direction. And that's why we have kind of these, like I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. bookends, uh, Charlotte, Augusta, Columbia, Raleigh, Greensboro. Don't let your guard down. Just because we're not emphasizing the flood threat there, you still have those low-lying areas. You still have the river basins, especially like where I'm in Charlotte, we have the Catawba River. So all the water that flows in the mountains only has so many different pathways they can get drained back out. So we'll be watching this for a couple of days. As Jared mentioned, the silver lining of the recent drought is we have capacity in the waterways, but like Ian, we're gonna probably get too much too quickly. Yeah.
1: I will say that the the subtropical nature when it, when it started to subtropical, I think that's going to help us a little bit as far as like the, the the rain totals. We're again, we're not expecting like some spots saw 10 inches of rain during Ian and that was a one day event. We have a two day event here and the forecast is generally two to four inches. Still a lot of rain, but certainly not that level.
0: Yeah. And here's a look at the storm surge. Again, we have that storm surge watch that's already up for portions of the coast, but for Savannah, Georgia, up North through Charleston, two to four feet of storm surge and one to two feet. As you make your way North from there, say through Myrtle, uh, through Wilmington and into surf city uh, to give you an idea of what the peak storm surge is anticipated to be. uh, According to the national weather service, here's a live look once again at Charleston, where some of those early winds are starting to roll on through BB watching on YouTube, asking about Elizabeth city, uh, North Carolina in the North, northeast quadrant uh i think you have less of a flood threat there but you're not completely out of the woods on any of this right so all of the timeline for you is going to be later than what we discussed earlier when we talk about charleston and we talk about charlotte you know they're going to get it first and then it's going to come to you after that so elizabeth city might still have some impacts from the storm later on friday through those overnight hours on saturday uh kind of like we saw with with Ian as well and James I'll Um, I'll add on to that
1: too is that Elizabeth City is going to have some time to destabilize Um, and and that's going to be you know and 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 so that could potentially increase that tornado risk you're going to have that good shear there and you may actually get some breaks in the clouds that could help you know heat up the surface there and get a little bit more of that instability in place so that's going to be a trend that we're going to need to watch particularly for eastern North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, no model is Bible and set in stone, right? But to emphasize or to draw what Jared's talking about, here is very late Friday night. And in that Elizabeth City neck of the woods, you can see we have a couple of these discrete cells. And the discrete cells have an easier time spinning up because they have like a ballerina with no one around them. They got plenty of room. To spin as opposed to rain that is bunched up against other storms uh, we have a question about the mountains and the foothills and who better to bring in to answer that but our scotty powell in Morganton, <laughs> north carolina holding down the fort there for now for now that's a tease that's a tease <laughs> unrelated to storm coverage but let's start with the higher elevations scotty we've talked a lot about the flood And we talked a lot about the tornadoes, but give us some home field advantage knowledge that you can drop on us.
2: Yeah. You know, with this system, what, you know, we had Ian a few, few weeks back, but what's different with this system is the low pressure is tracking a little bit further to the West. Um, kind of, parallel in the, the Appalachian Mountains and what happens is that puts a lot of Western North Carolina central North Carolina South Carolina in that uh, that dirtier side of the storm where you start to see a little bit more activity and so uh, looking at the model runs throughout the day today and they keep upticking the rainfall aspect and you can see James has the, uh, the the three-day forecast there where it's it's taken the center of what's left of Nicole over that's like greenville south carolina so it's it's parallel in the mountains and when that happens we really see a lot of upslope flow uh for uh western north carolina upstate south carolina so if you live in like jefferson or boone down to asheville into the foothills uh, morganton hickory down into shelby greenville spartanburg um, that area is where we're high, um, excuse me, is where I'm highlighting the potential. As you can see, the rainfall out there uh, of seeing some higher rainfall totals three, four, maybe five inches of rain. And there's always those few locations that, that tend to squeeze out even more than that when these systems happen. So uh, it has been dry around here a lot. And That's a good thing, but then it's not a good thing because this is going to be a pretty heavy rainfall. It's tropical, uh, got a lot of tropical moisture with it. So it's going to come down fairly heavy. So a lot of that rain won't be able to soak into the ground. It's just going to uh, run off. And as you guys know, uh, James, uh, there in Charlotte, uh, Jared, I know you haven't got this problem yet, but the leaves are starting to fall, uh, clogging up all those uh, storm drains and things like that on area roadways. So a lot of heavy rain with clogged up storm drains from from leaf debris and, and litter that's going to cause some uh, some serious concerns with with urban flubby flooding flubbing flooding urban flooding, Flo- flooding. The flooding. That's Are you flubbing the word flooding? <laughs> Urban flooding. And then even some of your uh, streams and creeks and things like that could also see uh, some flooding issues as well. And and with that, uh, with some gusty winds, 35, 40 mile per hour wind gusts, you also have to yeah. worry about the, the possibility of some trees coming down. The tornado threat, that that's kind of track dependent. If it continues to track a little bit further west, that threat continues to get pushed to the further uh, to the west into the foothills in the upstate of South Carolina. But right now, Uh, we remain in that number one, level one risk out of five, where the Piedmont and down where Jared's at in South Carolina, they're in that level two risk. So we'll watch that. Um, I know you guys were talking about Elizabeth City there. And one thing I was just looking at is the surge in the dew points. And uh, that is basically moisture that these storms need uh, to really start to develop and and in this case could uh, potentially rotate. And, you know, looking at uh, the dew points tomorrow evening around 11 p.m. midnight, uh, they're around 60 there in Charlotte, uh, 61 up into the Raleigh-Durham area. But if you fast forward 12 hours later around lunchtime, those dew points are in the upper 60s to lower 70s. And that's that, that instability. Uh, as I heard Jared say, you know, we could see some breaks in the clouds. You get the sun to come out that really just amps up the atmosphere where we could see those uh, tornadic storms. So uh, we'll have to watch the track. It's very track dependent, uh, especially here in the, the mountains and the foothills uh, for the tornado threat. But I definitely think we're going to see some flooding concerns and some gusty winds. And we'll watch that severe weather threat with the eventual track of Nicole.
0: Scotty, let me ask you this, uh, this time tomorrow, you're going to be sitting right yeah, right actu- there.
2: Yeah, actually uh, right in there. Yeah. yeah. Bank of
0: America stadium. Seen yeah. here via weather stem yeah. for the home, Panthers game. What are you doing to prepare for the weather as you head to the game as a fan?
2: Yeah, so one thing is uh, I've been at Bank of America Stadium one other time during a heavy rain event with lightning. So the one thing is I'm going to be watching is the lightning threat. I know the NFL has a policy within eight miles of the stadium. You know, they're supposed to stop the game and evacuate. I'm not sure we're going to have a lot of lightning to deal with, but the the heavy rain threat and the gusty winds as well, where you're seeing that camera angles where the winds are going to be blowing in. So if you are on the home side, if you're familiar with Bank of America Stadium, if you're on the home side, you're going to have that wind really blowing into your face with the rain. So it's going to feel pretty nasty out there, even though the temperatures are going to be in the sixties, it's still going to be pretty raw and chilly out there. So I've got the rain jacket, the rain pants Uh, I'm debating to wear. If I should wear like my rain boots, I have like these high knee level boots. So, as you know, Classic. when we have, when we have snow and, and flooding here in the Carolinas, I, I normally wear those. So I don't know if I wear those yet or not, but, uh, you know, when your feet get wet, you're miserable. So I may have to yeah. put those on, but yeah, here's, it,
0: here's, here's what the HRR thinks will be at around game time tomorrow. And you can see we have scattered rain across yeah, the Charlotte area.
2: That's the good thing it's a scattered, it's not that heavy shield. So there could be some breaks in between, uh, these, these cells popping up, but, uh, yeah, if you are going out there, prepare for a rainy, windy, wet game. And Jared, I know uh, you're a fellow Panther fan like I am. I don't know if that gives us an advantage or not. So who
1: who knows what that? We'll is. take every advantage we That's- can get. <laughs> With the way the season has gone, I mean, look, let's just let's let's just get weird at this point. I,
2: I think it's going to be a running game tomorrow. It's going to be a battle of the running backs. You know who yeah. who can run the ball the best because. Uh, the pass game is definitely going to be affected by the wind and the kicking game as well. So we'll see. Start your running back. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So that's a little, you know, we had our friends from the fantasy football uh, folks on who uh, do the weather. They actually had a tweet out, I think, yesterday, that this was a game that they were definitely monitoring uh, the weather aspect. So, um, yeah, if you have any fantasy players on Atlanta or um, Carolina – might want to bench those receivers and start those running backs tomorrow.
0: Weather and sports.
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: Full fully comprehensive uh, podcast for you uh, <laughs> this evening. Um, I want to let folks know what they can expect from us here at the uh, Carolina Weather Group. So you've already found our live stream. Wherever you're watching us right now, we'll be live in the event of uh, severe weather with updates throughout the... Uh, thursday and friday and saturday as needed Uh, jared mentioned earlier you're going to want to be able to sign up to get severe weather notifications one of the ways you can do that is our twitter feed but that may not be enough to wake you up right so you may need that that weather radio to wake you up and then like and subscribe and hit the bell and all that jazz to be notified when we're on the air with severe weather on our youtube page don't rely on the bell to wake you up because that's not how youtube works But I want to let you know that we'll have updates there. And, of course, when we get into a situation where there could be widespread power outages, and I don't know if this is going to be one of those situations or not, but we do have an audio podcast feed where we put down our weekly show, we will utilize that uh, essentially for emergency updates, uh, audio-only updates, uh, albeit, say, press conferences from governors and the like and emergency management, because we know it's easier when power is limited or when access to internet is limited to stream just that audio. So you can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. I know that sounds like a plug and I suppose it is, but there is a technological advantage to knowing how to bring in just audio when you maybe don't have a lot of bars on your phone.
2: Yeah, it's a great, great thing. Uh, Keep your cell phones charged up. Um, like like James was talking about the the power outages is a possibility with the heavy rain and the wind and all that combined together it just takes one branch to to fall on the right power line or the light right transformer and you know the whole block the whole neighborhood goes without power so it's it's always good to keep those things charged up
0: uh, Jared anything else from the coast you wanted to get on in
1: I think at this point you know, You know, again, it's nothing we can't handle, but just you know, if you got to commute into downtown Charleston tomorrow, if you got to uh, if you got to commute anywhere, I I think that you know, just just be careful. Uh, You're gonna have salt water mixing with fresh water, possibly. Don't drive through it. Don't drive through roads of unknown depth. Uh, And again, you know, review that tornado safety plan. Hopefully, you don't need it, but this is uh, this track is sometimes pretty conducive for those kinds of things. So uh, we're gonna have to watch it. Um, Get through this the next couple days and you get fall so hang in there we're almost there
2: (laughs) some places you may get winter (laughs) yeah you may get winter in some
1: places yeah um but but we're we're you know this is this is weird it's not unprecedented but it is rare to have a tropical cyclone do this
2: i mean i don't know about y'all i don't know I, uh, i know we've talked about christmas music before but have you ever Forecasted tropical hurricanes and tornadoes, and listening to Christmas music at the same time, like
0: no, because I'm refusing to listen to Christmas
2: music right now. <laughs> well, Thanks for asking. You know, I've had a little Christmas music play. In fact, when you were uh, when we were on the phone earlier today, James, you heard I heard it. But yeah,
0: I could hear it. Yeah.
2: So, you know, we got Christmas music and and forecasting hurricanes and tornadoes. So just another day in the yeah. Carolinas.
0: I want to get in a point about Artemis in a moment, but Scotty, I want to let you address this question from Lee Gardner, who's watching on Facebook. He's asking, is upslope for this event similar along the Blue Ridge to maybe a Northwest flow event, i.e. maybe snow, that they see on the North Carolina-Tennessee line?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Lee. And in fact, you're right. It's, It's basically, where's the wind blowing from? So with our system that we're getting ready to go through with Nicole we have that easterly wind that's hitting the, the mountains and forcing the air up. And when we know air rises, we start to see it condense, form into rain. So with northwest flow, after a cold front in the wintertime especially, we get this fetch of, of wind coming off of uh, the Great Lakes, the northwest. And sometimes that moisture is able to hit the mountains and rise create snow showers up in banner elk and beach mountain and uh, boone and places like that so it's basically the same concept it just depends on where the wind's uh, coming from so in the wintertime northwest flow you get a lot of snow up in the mountains where everywhere else is kind of dry and with this we have easterly flow that's going to create a lot of heavy rain along the appalachian mountains and into the foothills where we're going to see flooding so yeah same concept uh just different wind flows
0: Thank you for that explanation, Scotty, as we're taking a live look here at Boone from Resort Cams, one of the many cameras in our camera network we'll be keeping a close eye on. Uh, we also have this view right now live in West Palm Beach, Florida, courtesy of WeatherStem, uh, where Hurricane Nicole is expected to make landfall shortly. Uh, Speaking of Florida, guys, you know that we've been keeping a close eye on the Artemis 1 mission. It is the first step in NASA's mission to return humans to the moon, including the first person of color and their first woman to the moon by the year 2024, 2025. And we are again, seeing a weather related delay. They rolled Artemis out to the historic launch pad 39B. And our next launch attempt was supposed to be very late this coming Sunday night, 12:07 AM on Monday. And what they've decided to do because of hurricane Nicole is leave the SLS and leave the Orion space capsule on the launch pad. It's going to ride out the storm. Do we have They're a camera on this? They've powered down the camera. Um, They're going to ride out the storm. It is built to maintain 85-mile-per-hour winds, and they have locked and secured all of the latches and things to keep the water out, and they're going to skip that first launch window, give them more time to inspect the launch pad, more time to inspect the vehicle post-storm, also give their personnel time to go prepare their homes, prepare their families before coming back to work, which means that the next launch attempt now, it won't be until very early on Wednesday morning. It's another kind of ridiculous hour, but it's when the stars aligned. Uh, and so we're now targeting a 104 a.m. launch window that opens for about two hours on it's wednesday november 16th but coverage will begin tuesday november 15th you're going to be staying up late tuesday if you want to watch the artemis launch so uh artemis seems to be a magnet for these uh tropical systems you all will remember that with ian they had to bring the vehicle back to the safety of the vab as hurricane ian was coming through so here we are in november and once again watching the tropics in florida
2: and the southeast Eventually, we'll get Artemis up. Uh, but to mention Florida right quick, Phil uh, Klotzbach, a uh, friend of our show, he tweeted out an interesting fact, and I wanted to read it to you all to, um, tonight. Uh, if no, Nicole maintains hurricane intensity it, till its landfall in Florida, it'll be the latest calendar year hurricane to make landfall on the east coast of Florida, uh, breaking an old record that was set on November 4th in 1935. So wow, pretty pretty impressive for you know this late season hurricane and, and that just reminds us Jared I've seen you post it on CHSWX mm-hmm. hurricane season runs through November 30th so and here's why we're testing the limits this year
0: yeah well, we really- I think I think we'll uh, leave it there for now with the reminder that we are still very much in hurricane season regardless of the fact that Scotty is listening to Christmas music <laughs> uh and the leaves are falling or mostly gone uh you know if you have not yet depending on where you are Really enjoyed the fall foliage colors. Make time tomorrow because <laughs> these winds are going to win out over those late season leaves. Yeah. yeah, we will have continuing coverage on the Carolina Weather Group uh, throughout the remainder of the week. You can support us on Patreon.com/CarolinaWeatherGroup to unlock early access to episodes, including the one on the polar vortex that we were supposed to air tonight, but has been, of course, rescheduled as we are continuing to track Nicole. On behalf of Scotty and Jared and everyone here at the Carolina Weather Group, I'm James Briarton. Like and subscribe for live streaming updates and we will be posting on social media as new forecast and information come out, including an updated forecast going from the National Hurricane Center, which is due out at 10 p.m. tonight. So we will have that out very shortly. Not expecting significant changes to that forecast track, which continues to show Nicole's heavy wind and rain, bringing a threat of tornadoes and flooding to the Carolinas starting late Thursday through Friday and wrapping up on early
1: Saturday. Stay safe out there, stay weather aware, and we'll talk to you again real soon.